Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. This um, last series that we've been doing, uh, I know I've had a, we had loads of feedback and Andy did a phenomenal job last week on week three. And it was going to be a three-week series, but we've expanded it into four weeks as well uh, to link it into what I want to share today. And just as a kind of way of setting it up. So we weren't here last week, Alison and myself, because we were on holiday with our family, with Josh and Isla and the two girls and Isla's parents as well. As a whole family, we went away for a week uh, to, to Spain. And, and it was great because uh, many of you know that this last year for us as a family has been very challenging with health issues within our family and so it was a way of celebrating what God has done in this last year and being together as well Uh, and as part of that um, in the resort where we were which was really designed for little kids and and families and stuff which we don't go to those these days but we did with grandkids and which was brilliant Uh, the three-year-old Tally loves shows like every night there was a show, she wanted to stay up, she wanted to get on stage, she wanted the microphone, she just wanted to be on stage. And we looked and we thought, where do you get that from? <laughs> because like her mom and dad are not like that at all. And we looked at her and every single night she wanted to dance, every single night she wanted to be on stage, I had to pull her back. And we think, Tally, where do you get that from? And of course, it's obvious, it's her nanny. <laughs> what can you do? But you know, that's a joke, by the way. Uh, There is a little bit where with kids, as they grow up, you suddenly start to say to them, you're just like your dad. Everyone had that said to you? Or you're just like your mom. Or you resemble your dad or you resemble your mom or your gran or your granddad or whatever. And uh, an expression that many of you will know is a chip off the old block. That expression. That came around in the 1600s as a biological thing. In other words, it was a familial thing. You literally are a descendant of somebody else. But by the 1800s, it became broader than that. And it was, a, it was about how your character is and how your personality is. And the more you grow as a human being, in many ways, you can resemble people that you came from. Hold that thought, because what I want to talk about this morning on our final week of this Better Story series, which is also Above and Beyond Sunday, is this. When a church goes above and beyond. That's what we're going to talk about. And we're going to dive back into the story that we've been looking at, this story of the prodigal son. And you might think, we've had enough of this by now. There's so much in this story. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. A church that goes beyond, I want to suggest, is a church that looks like the Father. And that's what we want to open up today. And I have three willing volunteers somewhere. They're so willing that they're not volunteers at all. They are conscripts. So give them a little round of applause if they're going to come and join me. Because... Because they're, they're, they're basically going to resemble this, resemble, kind of depict this whole story. So, so here's the father, okay? And the father had two sons. The one son was the rebellious son, the one that wears the beanie, all right, in church. Never in my day you're wearing that in church, but anyway, it don't matter. So he's kind of running off Come and on. he's going away. Come on. No, just, just pretend, mate, just pretend, okay? He's, re- he's the one that rejects the father and becomes what we know as the prodigal son. And Andy did a phenomenal job with that last week. And he's turned his back on the father and he's running off. But then the father had two sons and we looked at this a couple of weeks ago and this son is the good boy. Yeah. 
you just can't get the access, can you? And this son, basically, he keeps all the rules, but when he sees the, the prodigal son coming home and he sees the way the father reaches out to him, he can't cope. So he folds his arms, cue, and he turns his back on the father. Now, here's the truth. In our lives, many of us become this at some point. Maybe you've been that, where you've, you've been with God and then you've turned away from God. Or, or if you've never been with God, then, then you are that person that's running away from God. You may not know it, but the Bible says that you're lost. Now, now don't be offended by that. If you're lost, it means you're valuable. You're so valuable that the Father waits and watches out for you to come home. So we identify with that. But also some of us identify with this one, don't we? We identify with, if you like, the religious one. We've never been away from the Father's house. We've always kept the rules. And yet there's something deep within us that burns with raging resentment when we see the Father extending lavish grace to this son. Now, you and I identify with the prodigal son. You and I identify with the older brother. The reality is the more you follow God, we should be becoming more and more like him. Not that we're becoming God, but we become like him. We should be becoming a chip off the old block. You see, this one reaches his hand out to the lost son and reaches his hand out to the religious son, the rebellious and religion, and this one becomes the bridge of humanity. And we should in our lives be becoming more and more like the Father. And yet many of us as followers of Jesus do not grow up. We don't grow up. We stay as the prodigal son. We stay as the religious older brother. We don't journey to become more and more like the father. Why don't we thank these willing volunteers. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me prove this to you from the Bible. Okay, Luke 6 verse 36. You must be compassionate just as you'll say it. Father is compassionate. Read that from the message translation. It says, live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives towards us, generously and graciously. Those are two powerful words, aren't they? Generously and graciously. Even when we're at our worst, our Father is kind. You be kind. I find this really powerful. Whenever I am beginning, <laughs> these days, whenever I'm beginning to preach on something, there's always a lot of life lessons in the week before. Do you know what I mean? When I'm thinking, really? This is happening? And I'm about to talk about that. And this is just what God does sometimes and the way life works. But I know I'm not kind as the Father is kind so often. And that grieves me because the longer I'm following Jesus, the more and more I should become like him, right? Just as your Father is compassionate, generous, gracious, kind. So you should be become like that. You should be becoming, we should as a church be becoming a chip of the old block. So if that's true, if that's true, what does a church look like that goes above and beyond and that looks like the Father? And I'm going to say something I've never said publicly before, okay? Number one, a church that you can leave. If we're going to become a church like the Father, we need to become a church that is okay when people leave. Now that really breaks my heart and I'm going to explain that to you in a minute. In fact, I, the only time I've ever spoken this, I spoke this in a church in, in Monaswini, which is a community in South Africa. And they'd asked me to do this specific message and, and I shared this and they said to me years later, that literally changed our church. Because before then, we hated it when people left. We couldn't cope with it when people left. We became antagonistic towards them and it, it just totally revolutionised their church. A church that looks like the Father is a church that you can leave. 
You see, when the son said, give me my share of the inheritance, the father could have said, no way, Jose. That wasn't his name, by the way. He could have just said, no way. Because it was scandalous what he was asked. And yet love doesn't force or coerce or control or manipulate. Love, even though it broke his heart, says, okay, son, you can go. It has to be a church that you can leave. Now, let me just say something to you, okay? There's lots of ways to leave a church. Some of them are good. Most of them are bad. Most people don't leave church well. Let me just talk to you a little bit about this. Andy did a great job last week and talked about the four reasons why people become prodigals. And I want to connect it because I think when you're a prodigal and you run away from God, when you leave church, they're not synonymous. They're not one and the same thing, but they're very closely linked I've been around a long time now. I don't know. I've never met anybody who's disconnected from church and his devotion level to God has gone up. There may be people out there. I don't know. I've never met one. Usually when you disconnect from church and from community, your devotion level goes down. And the reasons that we go away from church, the reasons that we leave, the reasons that we turn our backs sometimes on God are number one, we're disappointed And can I say, if we've not disappointed you yet, you haven't been here very long. (laughs) We will disappoint you. You will be disappointed if that's the reason you're leaving church. Come on, we have to grow up. But maybe disappointed becomes disaffected and that's a whole different deal. Maybe we become disinterested as Andy shared last week or maybe we become distracted. Some of these things cause us to leave church. And you know, we have to look at that because I believe that the last, <laughs> the last, when someone leaves a church, the last thing to leave is their body. They've already disconnected way before then. They've already got disappointed. They've already got disinterested. They've already got distracted. The last thing to leave will be their body. And often people, when they do leave church, they rarely tell you the real reason why they've left. Sometimes they don't even know. And can I just say, if you are going to leave, and we want to be really open and gracious, when people used to leave church for me, I handled it really badly. I'll talk to you about how I handle it now in a moment. I used to handle it really badly, okay? I took it very personally. Again, I'll talk about that. I want to get better at that, okay? I want to get better at people being able to leave church and leaving well. But the way to leave church well is not to say, God has told you. Because when you say that, I say, well, that's really interesting because God told you to come here. So if God has told you to come and now God has told you to go, what's going on? Just be honest. If this is not the direction of travel for you, that's absolutely fine. Go somewhere else. That's absolutely fine. It will hurt us. It will upset us in one way, but it won't devastate us because you're leaving well. And a church that looks like the Father is a church that you can leave. So what happens uh, when people do leave church? Let, let Let me say a few things. It should always hurt us to a degree. Why should it always hurt us? And I've had people say to, to me this, oh yeah, you've had people leaving church and don't take it personally. And I'm like, how else can I take it? We're a family, aren't we? We talk about the fact that church isn't a club. It's not like I'm leaving the gym. Do you know what I mean? It's not a gym. It's not a club. It's a family. When someone leaves the family, of course I'm going to take it personally. It should always hurt us a little bit, but it should not devastate us. 
It should not wound us and make us bitter and hard and unforgiving and resentful. It shouldn't do that. It should always hurt us. And if you know of folks who are disconnected a little bit from our community as a church, and this is a little bit of a churchy message today if you're a visitor, okay? This will give you a window into who we are as church. If you know people who are starting to disconnect, who are starting to be a little disinterested, please, you go reach out to them. That's the heart of the Father. Don't just say, oh, it's their job. It's somebody else's job. No, no, the heart of the Father is I want to look out. I want to reach out. I want to go out and find a way to connect with them. If you do that, that's a way of you reaching out and becoming more and more like the Father. It should always hurt us. It will inevitably change our relationships when you leave this church. You know, I've had many people over the years say to me, oh, I thought you were my friend, but I left the church and you didn't see me anymore. Listen, it will inevitably change our relationship. There are way too many people walking towards us for us to have the energy to pursue those who are walking away from us. It's just a fact of life. But also, number three, it may be a necessary step for you and it may be a necessary step for us. It may be as a church community. And so I want to say, and and, and I'm nervous about saying it, a church that looks like the Father, a church that goes above and beyond is a church that you can leave. So if you do want to leave, leave well. We will love you. We will bless you. Okay? But number two, a church that looks like the Father is a church that leaves the light on. Leaves the light on. Has that sense of being open and welcoming. The great power of the stories of Jesus that he tells in Luke 15 is the intensity of the search. When the woman loses the the coin, how she searches the house. When the, the man loses the one sheep, how he goes out and looks. And when the father loses the son, how he looks out and he's getting ready. He's leaving the light on. He's leaving the light on. This means a lot of things. It means that we're going to leave the light of prayer in our hearts. For those who've turned away from God, for those who've disconnected, not for those who've gone to another church, but for those who have gone away from God, who've gone away from community. We're praying for them, aren't we? How many of you are praying for someone who's away from God right now? Let let me give you a hand. You give us a hand. Yeah, Yeah, we're doing that. We're leaving that prayer on. We're open. The light of hope and expectancy. I love the fact that the father fattened the calf up because he was waiting. The, the lights were on. He was fattening the car for waiting for this celebration and the light of warmth when people come back. So for us, above and beyond, the, the, the financial part of above and beyond is connected to this because we want to be a church that leaves the light on for as many people as possible. And so for us, when, when, we, when you give financially today, and I'll talk about that in a moment, much of that giving is going to be about meeting opportunities that come up, meeting unforeseen needs that arise, okay? And we've done that over the last year. But it's also going to be pushing in to this whole idea of how can we keep the light on for more and more people. We would love to have alphas running all over the place all of the time. Wouldn't that be amazing? We've got Alpha running on a Monday night. We're about to start this week at Alpha on a Thursday morning. If you're newer to faith or you're exploring faith, we'd love you to come on Alpha. It's a great opportunity to ask questions about God. We've got people on that asking questions about God. Something's happened in their life. They've just suddenly like something's happened and they're thinking, I want to talk about God. I want to think about God. We want to leave the light on, don't we? We would love to have Alphas running all over the place. We would love to make the most of Christmas. You know, we, we love Christmas here in this church, but you know what? More resource would enable us to do more things in the community. 
And the reality is our budget is so tight at the moment. This month in October, we go off the fixed utility costs that we've been on for a few years, and it's an extra £55,000 a year for us to keep the lights on, the physical lights on, right? That's a huge amount of money. It means our budget is so tight that if we want to go above and beyond, we're going to need to find some resource above and beyond what we normally have. So when you give to above and beyond, it's going to help to keep the lights on, not the physical lights on, but the lights of opportunity, the lights of the gospel, the lights of Alpha and Christmas. We'd love to invest into our sites. It's the most painful decision we've made in years to close Rowley. And I know for some of you, you're disappointed with that. You're disappointed in us in that, in the way you'd have liked to have talked about it. You'd like to add more input. In it. I get all of that. There were so many factors that we could not explain to you in a way that you would have been satisfied. We just felt it was the right decision. It was a painful decision. We are really pursuing every individual to make sure that if they're not coming back to this church, they have another church that they go to. We're helping them to do that. But that was painful. But in the same token, we also really want to invest and refresh into Hagley and Bromsgrove and Cliberry. And I can't explain to you all of that, okay? For those of you that struggle, I just need to know, just want you to know, our heart is we want to reach people and help people find and follow Jesus. The reality is we are not resourcing that well at the moment financially. We do not have the resource. So much of what you give today will go to refresh and invest into the site. It will help keep the lights on for those who are trying to find their way home. And there are some other ways that you can help with our sites, actually. And I'll open this up a little bit more in a couple of weeks. But I'm kind of phrasing this. You can go or you can show. And what do I mean by that? You could go to Hagley or to Bromsgrove. Clibber is a little bit far away. You can go to Hagley or to Bromsgrove and be part of that team. You might say, well, I don't live in Hagley. I don't live in Bromsgrove. No, you, you might not do. But maybe God is stirring something in you to say, actually, you come here on a Sunday and you sit and that's great, or you're part of the dream team somewhere in the church, brilliant. But actually, there's a mission opportunity for you in Hagley or Bromsgrove. It's small, it's local, it's incredibly dynamic. We're, gonna, we're seeing some great things in the community, but we need more people. So you could go, and I'd like you to talk, but also you could just show up occasionally and be part of something new we're launching, which we're kind of calling a site support team. Basically a team of people who occasionally will show up, like we had a couple of musicians that came to Hagley this week and helped lead worship, and they did a brilliant job. And that was so encouraging to the people in Hagley. You could be part of that new team that shows up and actually helps that community become thriving and help people find and follow Jesus. We're going to talk to you more about this at our vision gathering, which date for your diary is Tuesday, October the 17th. We're only going to do it on one night here in House Owen, and it will be online as well. Um, but why don't you put that in your diary? These are ways that we can show that we are a church that is becoming more and more like the Father. It's a church you can leave, but it's a church that is going to leave and keep the lights on. But what about, what about the third thing? Well, the third thing is a church whose primary currency is grace. A church whose primary currency is grace. Let me talk to you about this. We go back to the story for a, a moment. Um, the, the younger son eventually hit the rocks. He, he, as Andy did a great job last week, he, he, he was with the pigs. But it says he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, remember we talked about this in week one, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And then when he brought him home, 
He was given the fattened calf and he was given a robe to wear and some sandals to wear and a signet ring on his hand. And he was given grace. The primary currency of the father and the father's house is grace. And the older son, the religious one, couldn't handle the grace. What was his beef? Well, his beef was that that younger son shouldn't have got the beef, basically. He shouldn't have got that fattened beef. His beef was that he shouldn't have got that because he doesn't deserve it. This is what he would say. He doesn't deserve it because he broke the rules. And then actually what he's kind of saying in himself is the second thing is I deserve it because I've kept the rules. But the older son was trying to keep score with someone who's not keeping score. He's trying to earn points with someone who's not keeping score. And you see, the church of Jesus, the church that looks like the Father, our primary currency has to be grace. Now, one of my favourite stories, which I've told before, but I'm going to tell it again. It's a story that my friend Jeff Lucas, who many of you will know, he's a friend of this church. We're going to Israel with Jeff and Kay, with, with some of you, and a whole bunch of people with him in a couple of weeks' time, in a, in a few, seven weeks' time. And um, in, in, in his book about a prodigal friendly church that I've recommended, he tells the story of Nikki. And at Jeff's church in Timberline in Colorado in America, the church revolutionised literally overnight when a lady called Nikki became a Christian. Nikki was an exotic dancer. For those of you that don't know what it is, a stripper, okay? And Nikki, okay, a hairdresser who was a Christian at this church, was cutting Nikki's hair and talked to her about Jesus. And Nikki came to faith. Isn't that amazing? And there came a Sunday when, and I love this story so much, uh, <laughs> when Nikki was coming to church to get baptised. But Nikki invited all of her other dancer friends and all of the bouncers from the club and they all turned up in the outfits that they would normally wear when they're going out on a Friday night. So you had a whole load of dancers in the outfits that they would normally wear turned up at church And Jeff in his book, he tells the story, he says, I've never known so many young men sign up for the hosting team on that Sunday. It's like they're literally, they're never going to put a t-shirt on. But all of a sudden, when they heard that Nikki and her dancing friends were coming to church, they were all lined up as a queue. And he says, what happened was amazing. Because as they walked in at the back, they all walked and they all sat on the front row of church. Because that's what people who don't come to church do, isn't it? Sit on the front row. Because if I go to a gig or something or you go to a show, I want to be on the front row. But if you're in church a while, nobody sits on the front row apart from you people here. So they all come and they all sit on the front row. Nikki gets baptised. Loads of her dancing friends, loads of her bouncer friends, loads of her friends from the club give their lives to Jesus. And all of a sudden there's chaos. And an older lady who'd been in the church from day one came up to the pastor, not Jeff, but a pastor. And she said, Pastor! You've ruined the church. Look at this mess. And he had a lot more wisdom and grace than I would have had. (laughs) But he said this, you're absolutely right. I don't really know what to do. You've been a Christian for so long. Would you help me? Could you help me now? All these people who were lost have come to Jesus. Could you help us to help sort this mess out? And she looked at him and she thought, yeah, I could do that. And he makes this point, grace is not only for those outside the house, we also need grace for those inside the house as well. Because everybody deserves to go on that journey of grace. And listen, when I've not given you the grace that you deserve, I apologise. I'm broken, I'm human, I'm an idiot a lot of the times. And that's true not just of me, but of all of us. 
But you know, the primary currency of this house, guys, has to be grace, which means that people are going to come through our doors and into our community who don't look like all of us, who don't have the lifestyle of all of us, whose sexuality is not what we might think is the Bible's best view of sexuality, whose views might not be what we think are the right views, whose lifestyle, whose situation, whose, whose habits, whose patterns might not be what we think is God's best. That's okay because we're going to give grace first, aren't we? You see, religion says change, then follow, but Jesus always says no, follow, and then you will change. And when you give to above and beyond, you're, you're giving so that we can be more grace giving into our community. You know, we live in a day, a day and age right now where it's so difficult out there, isn't it? You know, we, we're in Dudley Borough, I know that, but just down the road, Birmingham Council has declared itself bankrupt. The biggest authority in Europe that's declared itself bankrupt. Uh, and you can, I'm not getting political at all, okay? That's not our place. But listen, I'll tell you what, the devastation that's going to come, that is coming and going to come to people's lives, we as a church have to step, step up. We have to stand out and step up. And the reality is the giving that you give to us, the giving that you give to this church, the above and beyond giving last year meant that we could bless so many people outside the church. We gave thousands of pounds away to people overseas. But right now we sense that we want to bless people and encourage people in our community. And we want to work out how can we bless people? How can we stand in the gap because the services aren't there? How can we as the church stand up and step out in a way that honours God and looks like the Father? You know, I heard last week of a, of a family that just started coming to this church just a few weeks ago. And they came because on social media, they saw that somebody was looking for food and somebody else said, you need to go to Life Central because you'll get help because they're for their community. And this family saw that and said, that's the church I want to be in. And they started coming. We're only able to do that through your financial giving, your generous giving, your gracious giving. Our primary currency is not money. Our primary currency is grace. But you know, I, I heard this brilliant story of the Church of Pentecost in Ghana, which is a sister denomination of churches to Elim, to, to, to our, our bunch of churches. And there's three million uh, members in the Church of Pentecost in Ghana. And they went to the government uh, a, few, a few years ago and said, what can we do to help you? And the government said, we don't have enough prisons. So the Church of Pentecost built two prisons for the government. And they said, the amazing thing now, lots of prisoners in these prisons are becoming Christians. Isn't that amazing? The church that looks like the Father is a church whose primary currency is grace. But you know, number four, it's a church who knows why and how to celebrate. That's why I love Friday night, you know. Not, not necessarily all the glitter <laughs> and all of that, you know, and that might not be your thing neither, but I loved the celebration that there was in this room. And it wasn't just a party, it was a celebration because at the heart of why we do what we do is to help people find and follow Jesus. And you know, at the heart of the universe, guys, there is a God who is a party planner. He loves that. And the Bible says that when this guy, that when their father goes out and pleads with the older son to come back in, he said, look, we had to celebrate and be glad. Like we didn't have any choice. Do you know what I mean? But because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again, he was lost and he's valuable, but now he is found. And when we lose our why, we will lose our way. When we lose our why, we exist as a church, we will lose our way. 
And there's an article that came out in The Spectator recently. I know some of you have seen it. You sent it to me. I'd seen it as well. And The Spectator, as a newspaper, and the article is on the trends of Christianity within the UK. And it was saying that right now, there's less than 50% of people in the UK identify as Christian, which is the biggest drop for decades. It's a drop of over 7 million people. So it's bad news. And many church denominations are declining, declining, declining. It's bad news. But there is some really good news as well. So in London, for instance, no one's talking about this, 10% of people are going to church regularly now, which is really high compared to what it was before. And actually, our denomination, Elim, along with a few others, are showing real signs of growth. But the article said this, which wasn't written by a Christian. The article said this, those churches and denominations who are really growing and impacting are intentional about mission. We don't just hope and we don't just pray We are intentional about mission. We put helping people find and follow Jesus as our primary mission because that's the why behind what we do. And when we lose our why, guys, we are going to lose our way. We really, really are. And, you know, I read this recently and I'm going to say this and then run for the door. But, you know, sometimes, it said this, sometimes the church is a lot like a swimming pool. All the noise is in the shallow end. You see, I want to say to you that the noise I hear of, oh, well, it's not deep enough. And what about the second coming? And what about Israel and all that? I want to suggest to you that kind of noise is not the deep end. It's the shallow end of the pool. But when you get into the deep end, when you get into the end of helping lost people who are going to a lost eternity, find and follow Jesus. There's nothing deeper than that. There's nothing deeper than that. And so, and so I want to encourage you next week, come and be a part of the noise in the deep end as we celebrate International Sunday and people from different nations finding and following Jesus. And can I tell you, there's a reverse missionary trend going on in this nation right now. Some of our African brothers and sisters, our Asian brothers and sisters, we took the gospel to them years ago. Now they're taking the gospel to us. The biggest churches in the UK are not white churches. They are African churches and they are so important and so needed. We are so important that we embrace the diversity of what God is doing. Listen, if you've met Jesus and you've not been baptised, sign up for baptism. Sign up for baptism. Here's a a link for you right now. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're in Bromsgrove or in Clibri and you've not been baptised. At that moment, the end of November, when we get to baptise you, we get to take part in the party that's going on in heaven, right? We know why and how to celebrate. But today, as we come into land, there's a great opportunity for you to invest in the mission of Jesus through, above and beyond. And just before I kind of come to land, we talked about becoming like the father. This isn't a gender thing. You know, the father had two sons. The culture of the day was very male. But this isn't a male thing. In fact, I want to I finish by telling you a story about Mother Teresa. And this is from Shane Claiborne's book, Irresistible Revolution. And he tells a story. Shane Claiborne spent years uh, with Mother Teresa uh, in her ministry on the streets of Calcutta. And he says, and uh, people often thought that Mother Teresa like had a little halo around her head and kind of glided across the surface, but she didn't. In fact, one of the things he said that always inspired me about Mother Teresa was her deformed feet. And, he says, and, and, and she had deformed feet because they used to collect all these shoes for all of the homeless people that were on the streets of Calcutta. And she would look through all the piles of shoes for the worst pair she could find. 
because she didn't want to give the worst pair to people out on the streets. So she took the worst pair for herself. She says, and that's what love and service and sacrifice does. He says, and actually it's marked by our deformed feet. And, and I want to say, guys, it's got to cost us something following Jesus, hasn't it? It's got to cost us something. Grace is free, but it costs God everything. And so I want to invite you to contribute today. And, and, and is there a target? Yeah, there is a target, 100%. That's the target. It's not a number target, it's an involvement target. So for some of you, you can't give much financially right now because you're right up against it and we get that. It's tough times, it's tough times there. Maybe you can give a pound, but you're involved, you're involved. Maybe for some of you, actually you can give hundreds. Some of you know that you're blessed in such a way that you could give thousands. It isn't about how much you give. It's about all of us stepping in and saying, God, you've given me so much and I wanna be part of a church that's more and more like the Father that's gracious and generous, that keeps the light on, whose primary currency is great and who knows why and how to celebrate. So on your seats, uh, you've got some information there and uh, we would love right now for you to give uh, and in our sites as well and online, there's gonna be a link coming up uh, on the screen right now of how you can give. And I'm gonna pray in a moment. I just wanna just talk you through this. And listen, some of you, um, you gave to Above and Beyond before or you're already given to Vision 2020, which has now become above and beyond. If you're, if you're continuing to give, we'd love you to let us know, okay? So if you don't wanna alter anything about your giving, if you're giving monthly, uh, just write on this form how much you're giving and your name so that we can track it. But if you wanna give for the first time or you wanna give again, so like me and Alison are giving again to above and beyond, then please fill that in. And even if you're giving online, we'll give online, but we're gonna fill it in today, how much we're gonna give and put it on this form. And if you are gonna give to God through this church and you're a taxpayer, please on the back, if you don't already declare the gift day, please do that. That's 25% extra from the government, which will then go into above and beyond. That's 25% extra that can go to help keep the lights on for someone. They can help to extend grace for someone else. So I'd love you to do that uh, right now. Um, and then the guys are going to play and then we're going to sing and we're going to take our offering together. So again, listen, there's no pressure here. I know some of you, finance is so tight right now. I know that, okay? There's no pressure, just opportunity. Whatever you can give is something that God can take and use for the extension of His kingdom. So I'm going to pray. And, and then we're gonna, you're going to stay seated for a moment, okay, while we do this. And then in a moment, uh, the hosting team are going to come with the buckets and we're going to collect that up, okay, in a moment. Let me just pray. Father, we thank you for this incredible story that we've been living in for the last four weeks now. And Lord, we, we are so inspired, I know I am, by it. And, uh, and in awe, really, of, of the depth and of, that there is in this story. And God, we don't want to stay as the prodigal son. We don't really want to just stay as the elder brother. We want to become more and more like the father. Help us as a church to grow up, to be in the deep end of the pool, to become a church that keeps the light on, that, that a church that's primary currency is grace, that knows why and how to celebrate. And a church maybe that's marked a little bit by the way in which we walk, that actually it costs us. It costs us to be people who carry grace. So Lord, help us, I pray. And I pray that every single pound that's given today will go towards 
taking your love and grace above and beyond where it might normally go and to reach people who maybe we don't even know exist, but you do. So God, help us as we give our pray in Jesus' Name. Amen.